Father, we thank you for the gift of Scripture. Lord, it feels like half the time we don't know what it means. But Lord, we know that your Spirit uh, will use it to speak to the depths of our beings. So Lord, we want to pray, Holy Spirit, the one that breathed it into existence, so that men and women would write and craft this book. Father, we pray that same Spirit would speak to us tonight. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Amen. Today's reading is taken from Mark 13, verses 32 to 37, on page 1071. Now, please excuse me if I miss some words, because I can't see very well. Uh, no one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert, and pray. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the, the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the cock crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. you to be honest with us this evening a little bit. Um, what, was, what were the nicknames you were given at school or at university that you absolutely hated? So I was in a tube uh, the other day, and I heard a dad call his son Dumpy. And I just didn't quite think that was a good nickname for a dad to call his, his son. Um, so when I was at school, we didn't really have clever nicknames. Uh, we just named people after their last name. So rather than calling them by the first name, it went all official. So I was Rogers. And by the time I hit 16, my friends got really clever. And because Rogers rhymed with Rabbi, uh, I became Rabbi Rogers. And then that kind of name has stuck with all of my friends. Now, some of us will have had nicknames spoken over us uh, that we didn't particularly approve of or particularly like or find helpful. So I'd love you just to share with us nicknames that you've had used for you that you particularly didn't like. Go for it. Raise your hand. The kids, well, my, my mates started calling me Butter, which turned into Butters because I was called Butler, right? And in London, it was butler. But then London slang hadn't translated down to the south coast. And they didn't know that butters meant, like, ugly around these areas. So they were like, butters, butters. And I was just like, don't, don't call me that, please. That's bad. Okay. Tim bum. Ni nickel ass. Oh, nickel. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my, hi, my name is Fergus. They used to call me Fungus. <laughs> You're not allowed to use these, by the way. Once, like, we're out in them. We're not allowed to use them. Other names, yeah. I had massive glasses at school. They, they call me Grandma Eva. Grandma Eva. <laughs> Blimey. Chubs. 
Chubs. Why, why, hang on, explain that, because I don't feel I well, see... When I, when I was in, like, from, like, 11 onwards, like, someone that joined the school was, like, I was a bit chubby, and then Chubbs just stuck. Wow. Well, my last name is Garland, and I used to like garlic bread, so they called me Garlic. This <laughs> <laughs> is harsh, isn't it? Any of us? Yes, Miss Mundy. He used to get called Dynamite, and it was an ironic name, because in basketball I was both short and slow, so they called me Dynamite for fun. I love it. <laughs> so um, many of us have had these phrases and words kind of spoken over us. And what we've been exploring this last month is what if we knew what God knows about us. Rather than hearing the things spoken over us that, that can penetrate and live deep kind of in us, rather than hearing these names and things that have been spoken over us as kids, or as young adults, uh, we want to hear what God knows, how, what, what if we knew what God knows about us. And what we're going to explore tonight, just to land well, is exploring um, some of the names that God has for you and I, that he gives us in scripture, uh, that are there to be antidotes over the names that have been spoken over us. So a little while in the service, we're going to use these cutouts of people, and you're going to fill them full of words that come directly from Scripture that God is saying over us. But between then and now, if there's something I say that's about the nature of you as a person that particularly connects with you, you might want to write it in. If there's been something that's been said over the last few weeks that's particularly spoke to you, write that in as well. Because what I'm going to invite you to do is take these home with you. And I'm going to get you to put it somewhere important. So either inside your wardrobe, on your mirror, in your Bible, somewhere back of your bedroom door, somewhere that over the next few weeks when you see it, it's meant to remind you of everything that God knows about you. Is that all right? Great. I love a guy called Rabbi Akiva. I just think this guy's a really interesting rabbi. He existed 30 years after Jesus. I've told some stories in the past from this guy. He lived in Nazareth in a, in a little town called Capernaum. If you, if you know the Bible, you know that's where Peter was from, this little uh, fishing town. He uh, kind of went all over uh, Galilee and Nazareth teaching about Yahweh. And he was a Jewish rabbi uh, influenced by Jesus, never a believer that Jesus was the Messiah, but certainly uh, was influenced by the kind of teaching that Jesus had. And there's this wonderful story about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is troubled one day reading a passage from Isaiah about the nature of God and the relationship between God and humanity. And he's meditating on this passage from Isaiah. So he's gone out. It's uh, late in the evening. It's the cool of the day. He's walking around Lake Galilee and he's wandering along as dusk comes down. And he's meditating on this passage from Isaiah. And he gets to this particular point where there's a fork in the road. He should have gone left. Um, but because it's starting to get dark and he's not thinking, he, he goes right. And he ends up wandering off track. And rather than heading towards Capernaum, he ends up inland and ends up uh, not necessarily lost, but way, way off track. And whilst he's walking, suddenly this voice comes out of nowhere that says, Who are you? Why are you here? And Rabbi Akiva kind of stumbles and falls back. He wasn't expecting anybody to speak to him. He just stands and he pauses for a moment. And the voice from nowhere comes again. Who are you? Why are you here? And Rabbi Akiva kind of makes a little comment back. He's now starting to realize that he's made his way to the Roman garrison. 
And right in front of him is this huge Roman garrison, and there's this Roman centurion at the top shouting down, who kind of makes this comment, hello, back. And the Roman uh, centurion, for the third time, shouts at Rabbi Akiva, who are you? Why are you here? And Rabbi Akiva says, how much do they pay you to ask those questions? And the, the guy pauses, and thinks, strange question, shouts back to Rabbi Akiva, two drachma a day. And Rabbi Akiva says, I'll pay you double to stand at my bedroom window and every morning ask me those two questions. Who are you and why are you here? And this is what we've been exploring over these last few weeks. Who are you? Who do you think you are? And who do others say you are? And who does God say you are? And why are you here? Because the answer to why are you here will change depending on how you answer the who are you? If you think that you are just the accumulation of the knowledge that you've picked up, either from YouTube or from school, or if you think you are defined by the job that you have or how well you do in the workplace, then you might answer the question, who are you, very differently. And depending on how you answer that question would answer, why are you here? If you understand yourself to be somebody who has been created by God, that you're a son and daughter of the Most High, that you're royal, uh, you're a priest, he's chosen you, you might answer that question differently to if you just think you are one of billions of people who are fighting to make their way in life, who's trying to work their hardest to become known or to be noticed, you might answer those two, that question very differently depending on who you think you are and where you get your value from. So we've been exploring this. Who are you? And we've been exploring these ideas that you are a son and daughter, that you are able because he is able. You are gifted because he is gifted. You're powerful because he is powerful, and you're authorized to use all of those things because he is authorized and he's given you authority. That's who you are. You're a son and daughter of the Most High. Therefore, the way that we would answer that question, why are you here, is very different. And the passage that we have tonight helps us answer the why question of why are you here. So, Luke uh, 13. It says, the day and the hour is unknown, but the day or the hour that nobody knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father be on guard, be alert. You do not know uh, what the time will come. He says this. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Why are we here? Who are we? Well, in this story, we're servants of the master of the household. And very often, that the household was tied up with the land that uh, was around it. And if you owned land, you're often a farmer of some description. And we're told that this landowner, the owner of this house, is going away. They're leaving for a while, but he's leaving his servants in a position with authority, with all the things that they need to carry on the, the landowner or the house owner's work. 
They are to look after the property and they're to care for the land. So, uh, and I love this line. That they've all got different things. He leaves his house and he puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task. Some were going to be gardeners. Some were going to be cleaners. Some were going to be chefs. Some of them were going to be uh, accountants. Some of them were going to do the roof. Some of them might look after the kitchen. There's a whole stream of different tasks that are needed. So there's all these different people with different tasks who together were going to carry on the family business of looking after the property and the land and the business while the man is gone. What's the story about? It's Jesus, isn't it? Jesus is simply saying, I've been here with you for a while. I've shown you the business of the kingdom. You've been around the house. You know what we're up to. You know what it looks like to behave like me. I'm now going to go somewhere else for a while. But don't worry, kids. I'm coming back. But in the time between me going and coming back, you lot are now in charge of the family business. So who are you? You are partners with God in his kingdom business. He's giving you the gifts and the skills and the talents and the authority that you need. So why are you here? You're here to partner with God. You're here to work with your father in the father's business. That's what it's about. So all of what we've been learning about over the last few weeks has been getting us to this point where we'd realize that our lives aren't purposeless. But because of who we know who we are, what, we know, what, what is it that God knows about us? Well, we know who we are. Therefore, we now get to see why are we here. We're here for the purposes of partnering with God in his kingdom business. I love this quote. William Barclay says this. There are two great days in a person's life. The day where they, are, where they are born, and the day when they discover why. There's a danger that when we uh, say yes to Jesus, we kind of plug religion into our lives. But if we never get to this point where we realize this discovery of why we're here, and why we've been saved, and why God loves us, and why God wants to partner with us, it's like we, we miss the whole point. Just because you've plowed religion and took, took religion into your life doesn't mean you've discovered the great meaning of the purposes of you and what you're about and what God wants to do with you. So this is what we just want to explore this evening. So we've been exploring the different ways we see ourselves. We talked about seeing ourselves as orphans, as victims, as unable, unskilled, ungifted. We've also been exploring what God knows about us. What he knows is the power to change everything if we just allow it to sink in deep. The knowledge needs to go from being in our minds as an idea that encourages us to a deep down identity that shapes us. I was, we were praying this morning before the service and I was reminded of um, uh, this passage from 1 Corinthians 2. And it just says this, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. These are the things that God this month, it's almost like, is revealing to us by the Spirit, these new identity pieces. And it says, the Spirit searches all things, even the things of God, the deeper things of God, it says. The Jewish way of thinking was that everything was, uh, it's almost like found in your belly. If you were a Jew, uh, then it's all about your gut, you know, the passion. And um, when you read the Old Testament in the Psalms, it's about the depths of your bowels encountering God. We as Westerners, it's all about the head. It's all about head knowledge, knowing more. And I, I guess that it's good knowing stuff, but unless this stuff 
buries down deep into the very bowels of who you are, there's a danger that it's just what you know, it's not who you are. I can know things about myself, but until I know things about myself, I can keep acting out of all the things that are still broken in my life. Does that make sense? So at this moment, I just want us to pause. And if you've got IBS, this is good news, because I want you to just lay your hands on your belly. And before we go any further tonight, I want to pray that God would speak into the very bowels of who we are, the depths of our beings. I love how he, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, these deep down things in our bowels. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray that God's Spirit will reveal to us what he wants to reveal to us about ourselves tonight. So rather than having things that we think we know, we might start to have this revelation in the very guts of our being, who we really are and what we're really about. So let's just pray. God, I know we've already prayed, but it's good to stop and pray again. Father, for some of us, right deep down in the very bowels of our being, we forget who we are. We've forgotten. So we end up worrying. We end up being anxious, confused. We end up trying to plug other things into our lives to make us feel better. And Lord, for some of us, we've read your book so many times, we've got things in our heads, but they've yet to plummet down to the depths of our bowels. So Lord, before we go any further, Lord, by your spirit, reveal to each of us tonight in the very guts of who we are, who you say we are. Pray by your spirit, you reveal that truth. 